Hi, I'm Jeff Miller. I'm Anthony Navarro, and welcome to Talk Out Loud, where we share the LGBTQIA narrative one story at a time. On this episode of Talk Out Loud, we're talking with Michelle Seglia. Michelle is an Emmy-winning hairstylist for some of our favorite television shows produced by Ryan Murphy Productions. You can see some of Michelle's work on American Horror Story, Hollywood, Ratchet, and many more. You'll also see her work on multiple projects with actress Sarah Paulson. Michelle comes from humble beginnings in New Jersey and shares with us how she had a dream and when doors started opening, she stepped through them, took the opportunity, and ran with it. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, this episode was recorded in person, so we maintained social distancing rules and we all wore masks. You may hear a little difference in the quality and the sound, but we just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Let's hear Michelle's story. Michelle, it's Friday and you're here. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming over. I'm so excited Thank to be you with you. Thank you for having me over. I'm always <laughs> excited to be with you guys. Oh, likewise. <laughs> Yay. Hey, Anthony, Hi. are you excited to be here too? I'm totally excited to be here. <laughs> I'm always excited to be here. <laughs> So Michelle, right now, the pandemic's been going on. So you have been out of production for the, how long? Wrapped my last show, wrapped Hollywood February 3rd and uh, was prepping Horror Story and Crime Story beginning of March and then everything went away. Is this the longest since you've been here working that you've been between shows? I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we usually don't have that much time unless you really make a decision to take it. It's it's usually not that much time. In having this time or this pause, what do you think is the thing that you miss the most about not working? Uh, creating with my friends mm. and just, I mean, cause we're, we're really like a family over there. We've been together for a long time. So, you know, it, it makes you appreciate every little thing we got to do together. Hmm. I mean, even just being in a trailer together and just sitting together for hours, like in front of a monitor, which is like, you know, we work really long hours. Actually, I'd caught up with a friend the other day that we're used to being on set together. And we wound up on the phone for three hours. And oh, she wow. was like, oh my God, I can't believe we were talking for three hours. And I was like, why are you surprised? We usually spend 16 hours a day talking to each other, you know? So it's like, I miss the friends. I miss creating and um, and walking into like other worlds all the time. Yeah, you know, uh, that's another thing. It, it's like a different. It's a different story. Like every day, you know, right? So especially like when you're working different on something sets and like, different costumes and yeah, everything is. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's escaping reality and this whole other big beautiful world that Ryan is constantly evolving and changing and. I'm like, am I making sense? Yes. Yeah, right? totally. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. Uh, so I miss working in... Um, the whole family. The whole family. Yeah. The whole Ryan Murphy family. You've been doing hair for, for a while now. Um, you started out, you grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, I moved into, into New York City at 19, just after I finished beauty school. It was, you, you talk about uh, that the, the world that you get to live in, this creative, different worlds you get to go to, depending upon what, what the different shows, what's going on with the narrative. And when you finished beauty school, you didn't just go to, like, did, did you think, I'm just going to go down and work at, like, you know, a salon in the neighborhood? Or did you have any ambitions or visions of, like, where you saw yourself and what that looked like? Here's the thing. I had ideas. I didn't necessarily believe anything would happen the way it did. <laughs> um, I feel really lucky, but I, I don't think... You had a I dream. I did have a dream. My dream was always to be a part of entertainment in pretty much any way I could Okay. Be. So this was a vehicle to get me there eventually, but I didn't realize that necessarily at the time. Huh. I wasn't thinking I'm going to go to school and do movies and TV shows. But I mean, I was a little bit cocky. And I think I said, <laughs> I was like, something about, I think they were trying to teach us something one day. And I was like, 
I don't even need this. Like, I'm going to be going to do photo shoots and work on celebrities and like just. Which is not, which is funny because that's. <laughs> like, not I was just like, I'm just going to like do all these other things. I don't need to know like anything for salons, but thanks guys. And, and, <laughs> like and, what? I, I don't even know why I said that. Like, well, you know, I which, knew nothing. Which is interesting because that's not the way you talk. Like I've, I've known you for a while and, and, and <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not. That's right, not, right. But, well, but, I'll so. do that. I'll speak like that sometimes as a joke. But you mean like in what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like I yeah. don't, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. have like when, like growing up or like as a kid, like before any of like beauty school or anything happened, did you ever like watch movies and like say to yourself or out loud or whatever, like I'm going to be working on movies someday or I'll work on TV shows someday? Did that ever, did it start at a younger age? I mean, I was in love with music, movies, and TV ever since I could remember. In like high school, like walking up, like I could like just picture, I think in like, high walk- school I was more like I'm gonna meet Madonna and I don't care what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna like be as bad as I can in high school, hang out with everyone, just be the worst kid, and I will meet Madonna eventually. Yeah. That didn't happen, but anyway. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. There's definitely time. Yeah, I mean I think it was it was just I wanted to be in that world uh, no matter what the job. And I did acting and stuff in school and I did play instruments in school. Mm. And um, So always part of the arts. It was yeah, always a part totally. of like your makeup. And I did hair. I, I definitely did hair when I was quite young because my best friend's aunt owned a salon. And so oh. she started just simple things. Like I learned how to braid when I was younger and she took it to a French braid. So then I was like doing, you know, experimenting with different stuff. Um, and she actually encouraged me to go to school for hair. Huh. I was pretty lost after high school. But and you went I did to ask my parents to do a lot of different things <laughs> <laughs> first. And I think because my parents are so much older, totally like Frank Sinatra generation. Okay. Very much, you know, my dad was in World War II and I feel like they lived in it's a totally different the world. world. Yeah. The worlds that I'm working in now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to my dad and I was like, you have to come to set like for Hollywood and like see, you know, because it would be like literally walking back in time for him. And uh, and Ratchet as well. It's the same, the same time period. So I had parents that were much older and it was sort of like their idea of movie star and my idea of movie star <laughs> were a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> so it's like if I was like, I want to act, I want to play music, I want to blah, blah, blah. I mean, they're just thinking of these outrageous, bright, big stars that like no one could touch. And it's like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. Like no one mm. could do that. They, that's for them, you know, like pick something else. Yeah. So, but I always, yeah, I was always involved in in the arts. And But so when you decided that you wanted to do hair, yes. they were supportive of that decision. Completely. Because that's more of like a realistic Goal? Right, that made sense to them, I think. Yeah. yeah. They could understand what that is. Yeah. There's always, I feel like there's always something with parents. Like yeah. each one of us goes through, you know, that time. I Like I know me personally, like just even like with my parents, like I thought I was going to go to college and, you know, go into, like enter into a theater track and, you know, all of that. And it wasn't going to fly. So that's not what I did. And I kind of had to like the, work the around Italian that. Italian parents, totally. I think. It's yeah. very like, no, you have to go to school to get a job. Right. That will keep you. To get married, to have safe. kids. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to get yeah. married, to have kids. And like, that your has job isn't security. for like your passion. That's no. just to bring you some money so you could do the rest. Right. In, in some ways, because of our parents and their parents who worked really hard, we now get to have those choices yeah. in, in some shape or way from, but also for some people you have to have seen it done. And like for your, my, my parents, if they saw the salon down the street and they knew my, their second cousin that I had a salon, right. oh yeah, this yeah. is what you do. It makes sense. You yeah. know, I, I think that that's like f- for all of us is like sometimes like experience is what leads the, like the wheel, the tricycle that we're, you know, we're all, we're all on, you know, if it doesn't seem like there's a road for that bicycle to go on, it's like, well, where are you off to? Yeah. Like, where, where do you think you're going to go off that bike? It's going nowhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. They, um, they would have felt like I was wasting my time if there was, 
if it wasn't something they could understand. Yeah. Well, especially like your parents being older, you know, yeah. of yeah. a different generation. I mean, they were, they grew up in the depression. Yes. The work was yeah. like, work was a necessity. It wasn't about finding your passion. Right. It was or about, even, it was even just finding out money. who you are. Right. <laughs> right. Well, your, your that parents, was such an afterthought. Funny, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your parents, they, uh, did, were they first generation Italian? Yes. Yeah. 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 So my that's dad a whole, is 95 right now. Yeah. Yeah, first generation Italian. And my grandfather like owned an ice business, like, you know, just for the ice box. Right. Like, that Deliver was, the you know, they the dragged box. that stuff up. I don't know how many floor walk-ups in, in the city back in the day. And like, yeah. So you just get a nice job to um to make it through for yeah. the kids. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. It was all it was a totally different way of looking Thinking, at how the yeah. world operated. Yeah. So yeah. So you you felt lost a little bit after high school, but then you found yourself in beauty school. You leave beauty school. Tell us, let's just talk about a little bit what happens like after that, that happens. So do you get, you, you, you don't go to Hollywood right away. Oh God, no. Okay. <laughs> no, nowhere near it for a while. So what was, was your first job out of beauty school? Then? Well, halfway through beauty school, you do start, you're able to work under a permit. Okay. So my first job was actually in the business was working at a color salon because I was going to be a colorist only. Oh, okay. You know, at least it was a time where you could choose and specialize. So I worked in that salon first. I think it was called The Color Room. Then moved into the city. And I was dating someone at the time who saw an ad in the paper. We're mm. going back that far. Uh-huh. <laughs> No Craigslist. That said, nope. <laughs> that said, uh, Louis Lacari was looking for color assistants. And he was the colorist, basically. Mm. Like, I think Louis is the first, I'll say, hairstylist to specialize in color and separate the two, the two jobs and really make them, you know, their own thing. Right. He was like the first. So basically, I wouldn't have even thought about just being a colorist if like Lewis hadn't started that whole hmm. idea in the first place. So I called them and uh, got an interview and dressed up in my best black and, <laughs> <laughs> and went up to 67th and Madison and was super scared. And I was already like living in the city. And, uh, and then they were like, okay. And I was like, what do you mean? Okay. Like you want me? And it was like, don't get too excited. We got to try you out for two weeks. Um, <laughs> not too, I think, yeah, there's like a period in the beginning where. A trial. A trial where they're like, you know, because you're not just going there to work and assist the colorists that are there. You're going to enter their training program, which is quite intense. You know, like when I was, and Lewis was doing everyone. I mean, my second day at work was like literally Sharon Stone was there my second day of work. And that was right after Basic Instinct, you know, or it's like you're mixing color for like Linda Evangelista. Like we had everyone there. This was the height of uh, Supermodel. Like yes. Late, early, Naomi like Campbell late was yeah. there. Everyone was there. From, from Lewis, you learned a lot about color. And yeah, that was uh, like working on, he would do like 60 clients a day. Whoa. And there were, himself, yeah. himself. Yes, yes, yes. Well, himself with a team. So, you well, have. there was us. Right. So we did, he, we'd set up, it was insane. It also was not a gigantic salon at the time, but Lewis himself would have six chairs going. So we'd have wow. three on one side and three on the other. We would keep track of all the clients coming in and put the cards on each you know, the back of each client, which is like their formulas and what he's been doing on them. And if we knew it was going to be the same thing, we would mix everything. Literally, we mixed all the color and just put it on the tray behind them. No pressure. Or set up for foils or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no pressure. No, no pressure there. <laughs> and he would, I remember timing it too. It's like to assist him in a highlight, which is like you're just, you're handing him the foils, you're handing him the comb, like blah, blah, blah. And it, it was so mechanical, like once you got used to it. Um, I feel like foil a head of foils he could do in like, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes. And head. like his yeah. single processes were like, I can't, it, like that was like an eight minute situation. He was just so fast. And then we handled 
the rinsing, shampooing, all that stuff, the drying for more highlights. And then he would like check everything and blah, blah, blah. So like you're doing like 60 clients with Lewis during the day. And then at night it's like, hey, we're going to Sharon Stone's hotel to do her or, you know, a couple of other, who was it? It's like Elaine Barkin and Kristen, I never get her last name right, McMenemy. (laughs) 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 They're coming in to get this, this, and this. And like, then we'd stay after work. And then Wednesday nights, we had color class. Wow. So it was like doing all of that plus color class on Wednesday nights. And then you'd get out at like 11 or 12 and go back to work in the morning. And all that for like, my God. I think I'd make like $150 a week plus tips. Oh. <laughs> I'm probably saying oh. way too much in this. I'm like, this is how bad the salon life is. No, wow. I mean, but it's a training program. Yeah. It's literally yeah. like it's you're like an signing inter- up yeah. as an intern. Yeah, as an it's intern. like an internship. What, just out of curiosity, though, were the, were the tips? I mean. Oh, everyone was wondering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you're on 67th and Madison and it's like. Everyone takes care of you. Right. Yeah. Well, and cash was, there was, I feel like people carried more cash back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. it was all cash. Yeah. yeah. You'd get like your pile of tips at the end of the day. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I mostly spent it on like cigarettes and. <laughs> As we did in our cigarettes, 20s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that was cigarettes and yeah. like drinks going, with friends and yeah. like going to the club, club. like Club <laughs> USA and like Sound Factory and all those places. Oh, but yeah. Some really good institutions. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. good. Everything I did in all the salons I worked in were fun, cool, exciting, you know, always got to work with amazing people. And like, you know, and so at Warren Tracomi, it was more like Edward Tracomi, one of the owners. Edward came from like the world of like literally working with Gia. And musicians. And so anyway, I guess my point is, yes, I was very lucky to work with cool, talented people and get to to meet a lot of people and be well-trained all while making very little money. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it wasn't financially. It wasn't, it wasn't financially up, rewarding yet. No. But it, it sort of was like graduate school or maybe yeah. like a PhD program, yeah. like getting you ready for what was coming next. Well, and just to see your trajectory, like, or, you know, you went, you, you answered an ad in a newspaper, which just kind of seems like a great story, you know, because it's the, the whole idea picturesque of that, then where it took you. <laughs> <laughs> showing up, knocking on the door, like, here I am. Yeah. You know? um, Day two, Sharon Stone. Oh, hey. Hey. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Hey. Do you know Madonna? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Madonna's not, she's not, no? She sees Brad Johns? Who, who does she see? <laughs> it's like, it was that. I don't think, you know, okay, but I have to say the odd thing now in my life, um, and I'm not going to, I'm just jumping forward for one second, is that, so much has come full circle that it's like kind of insanity. Like on Ratchet, it's like all of a sudden I'm back with Sharon Stone. Like, yeah. and my father still, that is to him, my biggest achievement is that I worked with her when I was 19. When I say worked with her, I shampooed her. <laughs> <laughs> I mixed her color, I shampooed her. And we got along nicely and she yeah. was the best. And like all of a sudden it's like Sharon Stone's coming to Ratchet and I'm like, how is this happening? How is this my life? And like, and on Hollywood, it's like, you know, Mira Sorvino used to come to Lakari, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Mira's going to play Gene Crandall. And I was like, I'm going to flip a table right now. I can't even <laughs> stand all of this. Like, it's just, I feel so lucky. And then, I mean- and that was super special to like sit down with Mira. And I'm like, I remember that you ran in, you know, we had to like get you done. And her dress was being delivered uh, to the salon because she had to get ready like right from there and like run to when I don't remember what at the time. I think she remembered when we talked about it. But yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff like that that's happening now all these years later that like people I got to to work with back then are now like popping up in Ryan's shows and we have like a completely different relationship and it's cool. You know, I feel like every position I've ever been lucky enough to be in, I'm terrified and I want I want to run the other way and there's always someone who's just like here's this really cool thing to do 
And I'm like, okay, yes. And I don't know who said it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking do that. That's so scary. <laughs> so I have a odd habit of just being like, that sounds so cool. Okay. And then being like, oh my God, I can't do this. I got to go. <laughs> I but you didn't go to though. This you, day. you didn't go. But, you, but you've always come. You've, you've showed up. Yes, yes, yes. My so what process was, is excruciating though. What was the first? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what was the first uh, uh, like big, exciting project that made you, like that you said yes to, but then you were nervous okay, about well, it Okay, well first afterwards. she had to drag me into my first photo shoot, which oh, okay. actually wound up being British Vogue. And I was like, you need to go. I am not doing British Vogue. And she was like, no, it's just this like small thing. And I was like, it is not like you just said British Vogue and, and just no. And it was Amy Sacco for British oh. Vogue who owned Bungalow 8 at the time, which was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I could not have gotten in unless I was going to do a photo shoot for Amy Sacco, mm. <laughs> like for British Vogue. Like that's the only way I got in there. And yeah. And so she made me do it and I felt okay about it. And it was relatively simple. It was like, you know, I think about it now. It's if someone's like, you're just going to go blow out so-and-so and clean them up and make them look nice. Not that you need to be cleaned out. You know what I mean? Like make yeah. them look nice for, for a picture. It sounds so simple now, but at the time it was like the most horrifying thing ever. And then two weeks later, I was working with Alanis Morissette and I was like, this is not happening. Like, I was like, but it was like, I, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, my friend, an old friend named Gray, he was a makeup artist. I was a hairdresser and it was very early in both of our careers. And we both sat and had drinks and went on and on about how much we loved Alanis Morissette huh. and how we needed to work on her together. And it just walked in the door. Yeah. Blender Magazine was just starting up and... They were like, we need hair and makeup for Alanis Morissette. I'm talking about two weeks. So we secreted that shit before we knew what, this, <laughs> what, the what it was. was. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, and then we we thought we were the most powerful people in the world. We was like, we were like, we could do this all the time. Like, let's just make a list of everyone we want to work with and we can just sit and have drinks and talk about it. And it'll happen. Manifesting stuff in the bar. Seriously, right. just manifesting left, right, and center. Um, so yeah, I mean... Uh, and it wasn't a big agency. It just happened to, I don't know. I think no matter how scared you are when something, I don't know. I, I just feel like it all unfolded in a fairly simple way, even though I struggled with being insecure about the whole process. It sounds like when these opportunities popped up that sometimes that this fear was probably always there. Do you ever think that the fear is maybe not like that you're afraid of the actual job or afraid of the actual project and maybe more, is it your way that you, how like passionate and how like much you care about the project? Do you think it's more of like you get nervous over like not being able to meet your standards versus yes. being afraid of the project? Yes. I think I want everything to be so perfect and to go so well that I just put insane amounts of pressure on myself. But also I do feel like at this point I've learned a lot through the years, but I always felt that because I trained in color, you could probably throw a lot of things at me and I'm not going to freak. But hair, styling, cutting, you know, like barbering, wigs, all of that is stuff that I just had to pick up along the way. Yeah. So I wasn't, I always say <laughs> I wasn't trained in hairstyling or hair. Right. People are like, what are you talking about? And it's like, I just was trained in color. And then the rest of it is, you know, um, has always been a little scary. Yeah. Well, so, sometimes that's the best way to learn too, right? Because then that fear yeah. is sort of a motivator. It drives right. you. Yeah. To be better right. and you're, you're self-taught. I think, yeah. I mean, yes, I definitely, uh, once I entered the other side of things like uh, film and TV, I picked up a lot from every single person I've ever, you know, been fortunate enough to work around. When you're, when you're working for, for, for TV, 
if you don't, it's it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit different. You can, and I've not been, you know, on a trailer or anything on set, but you can always defer to your left or your right to ask someone. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 I mean, we can all lean on each other because we're a team. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first film that you, that you, that you got involved with or te- television that is? So after a while of doing like photo shoots, commercials and music videos and stuff, I, I had friends who moved out here. To Los Angeles here. To Los Angeles, um, who were trying to get me out here for a while. I'd come back and forth for photo shoots, and that was already like six or seven years into doing print. I did, well, I'm like, so what got, basically the bottom line is I had a friend who had a friend who had a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Is this an Italian thing? Yeah. (laughs) The first friend is Italian, then they're not Italian after that. Sure. Um, So I had a friend who had a friend who had a friend. The last one in the lineup was directing his first movie and it was going to turn union. And really the only thing anyone was trying to help me with was I expressed an interest in always wanting to know what it's like to do film or TV, just to be in a trailer on set, that whole thing. So they were just trying to, uh, you know, to get me some of that experience. But what wound up happening was a bunch of hairdressers were hired already. And I feel like they all wanted the same thing I was going for in terms of like just experience or whatever, except one that was really trying to get in the union. She had already been working on all this for like six years. My point is that they called me and they were basically like, so we want to hire you hire you for the movie. Um, and I showed the director my book because I only had a portfolio at the time. And they said, but um, we've already hired everyone else. So, or no, we want you to be the department head. And I was like, no, I don't want to be the department <laughs> head. I don't want to do, I literally want to be a fly on the wall and learn this process. Like, are you nuts? Like, and I was in New Jersey with my family at the time. My mom just had this big surgery and like, she was healing from that. And they were basically like, yeah, like we want to hire you for this, but you would have to fly out like tomorrow. And we want you to be the department head. And they said, cause we hired the whole team already. And I went straight from like, no, I don't want to be the department head to like, you hired my team. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hold on. Yeah, immediately I switched over to like complete ownership. Pulled those pants up Uh and just- Which was like, cause it's kind of weird. Like you don't do that ever. No No one hires you as a department head. And they're just like, and we filled up your trailer full of hairdressers we know. But whatever, it was my first movie. And it was, you know, the makeup artist who I owe so much to who got me into this show and um, Dexter after this, Keith Hall. He got on the phone with me and he's like, listen, I'm setting up the trailer and blah, blah, blah. The only reason for you to do this is to get in the union. Hmm. And I was like, okay, so I just had this great opportunity to get in the union. It was the same thing, you know, when cool stuff is presented to you. I jump and say yes. And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to read like a 300 page script now. And I mean, it was just nuts. So it's a long flight from New Jersey to LA. Plenty of time to read the script. (laughs) (laughs) That was nuts. No, no. I mean, I had to get on the plane, get there, then read the script. And then I was at a production meeting the next morning that I'd never been to a production meeting. And the makeup artist who was working on it was like, do you want to go, you know, shop for the department together? And I was like, I don't know what we would need. <laughs> I have to think about this. There was like 57 characters with speaking parts. And I was such a weirdo control freak that I did 56. <laughs> so when you're- when It this, was nuts. So when you're looking at the script, does it, I mean, we've all read a book, but when the script, does it tell you in the script what the hair is going to look like for each of those 57 people? Or? No, not necessarily. No, there are descriptions for characters. There's two, okay, what I'm trying to say is the way I work now, like with Ryan and everyone, is totally quite different than what that was like. In that world, it's like I knew it was a restaurant, modern day, um, you know, you see the clothes. It's like the people who are working in the restaurant had certain uniforms and blah, blah, blah. And then it was more like going with what they really look like rather than transforming them. Mm. So they were kind of cast already great for the part. So it was really just like, oh, you know, 
you're you're imitating what this would be like in that era or that time yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say the movie was still waiting part two. Okay. And the first movie did really well. And so I kind of, I already had like a roadmap of like the general look of people. So, so it was like a good, even though it was like a scary situation to be Yeah, in, it wasn't like creatively terrifying. You needed, you already knew sort of what you had to do. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And, and just for those who don't know, getting into the union is, is a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. That and opens it's up not a lot easy. of. It opens up a lot of. I mean, once you get there, it's not easy. Let's acknowledge that you got to pony some money up front, right? As yeah. well, too. So then, but once you get in, a lot of doors at that time would be open to, to you then to to pivot to. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I got you know okay when I went to, I went to LA to do Still Waiting. Um, I met the makeup artist Keith Hall, who hired me on this and was putting the team together, and he's like, "Just come to my trailer." Like he was at work. And he's like, just come to my trailer. We'll talk about it a little bit. And then you can, I'll give you the script. I think he had the script, something like that. So I like go to the trailer. Come yeah. to his work, not the movie, not the movie set that you're working on together. His other job. He, so let me, Keith yeah. was not going to be on the movie. Oh, he was putting it, it together. Sorry if I wasn't clear. He was putting together the team of hair and makeup for one of the producers that he knew. Got it. So I was hired for hair. He put someone else in there for makeup. And he was basically like the mediator between everybody. So Keith was like, you know, come meet me and we'll talk about it, whatever. And he's like, I'm at Sunset Gower Studios. Like I'd never been to a studio. I don't even, yeah, it was, um, so I drove. Now I haven't been there in a long time. And then we wound up doing Hollywood there recently. So that was a total trip. Yeah, on top of everything else, it was a trip. So I was a little lost and then I found where his trailer was but before I got there I had seen signs that said Dexter and I was like it was season two I know now that was season two they were filming or no I I guess I must have known it then anyway the point is that I was like oh my god (laughs) they do Dexter here this is crazy because like I loved it whatever and then I went in his trailer and I literally said like do you know what they shoot here and he was like, "What? well, what do you mean? I was like, I just saw a sign for Dexter. And he was like, yeah, that's my show. <laughs> so literally, I'm like sitting in the trailer, hair and makeup trailer for Dexter, telling the makeup department head for Dexter, oh my God, they shoot Dexter here. I had no clue. Well, and why would you? I know, right? why would I? So he was like... Um, He's like, yeah, we talked for a little while about the project. And then he was like, let me take you around stage and like, you know, show you our sets and stuff. And I was like dying. And like, so my girlfriend at the time was a production designer and out here. And, you know, so like I went home to her and I was like, oh my God, you have no (laughs) idea where I just was. I was on the set of Dexter and I was like, and like, this is going to, this movie's going to get me in the union. Like, they could call me to like work there a little or something like next year, like when I'm in and like, maybe I'll get to day play. And then like a year later, Keith calls me and is like, Hey, uh, so where are you? And I was like, I'm actually in LA doing a photo shoot for you. You had gone back like to New Adidas York or something. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't let go of anything in New York. So you just happened to be back in LA a year later and he calls you. So. Yeah. And I was just doing a photo shoot out here. I think it was Adidas or something with one of the photographers I always worked with. He's like, so things are getting a little crazy here. We're doing season three of Dexter. And uh, do you want to department head it? <laughs> <laughs> and that was another, yes, no. <laughs> what on earth? I was like, I don't know how to. And he was like, you know, he's like, I'll teach you the stuff that you need to know, but like the hair is like, you've got it. You've got the hair, you know what I mean? Like, but I'll teach you the union stuff you may need to know and support you through this or whatever. I think we just like connected in the beginning and, and he was like, yeah, Michelle should be here. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. Well, and also too, I mean, you know, someone in his position, I'm, you know, obviously I don't want to speak for him, but I feel I would bad. Assume, I don't want to sound spoiled, by the way. No, I don't I think you are. I was just very lucky. No, no I mean, but, but I think what happened was, was he probably saw what you did on the movie set, right? And saw huh. the work and, and fat, like, you know, 
saw your ethic and saw how hard you worked and what a great job you did. And it, and it just, you know, I feel like those kinds of things happen. You know, it's kind of like when you're out in the world and you're putting your best foot forward and you, you are showing that to the world, people remember that. Mm -hmm. And you must have done something to keep you sort of in his head somewhere where then all of a sudden, like, you know, the shit hit the fan and it was like, he thought of yeah. you to come in and sort of save right. the day. Yeah. So yeah, he also knew that I got. <laughs> this was so odd. On that movie, I kind of had like gotten a talking to because I was doing everybody, and <laughs> I was told like you know department heads don't really do that. Like a lot of the time, you know, they just sit in the trailer and like don't. No one's doing fifty six out of fifty seven people. Like you know. And I was just super controlling and crazy about the whole thing. And he definitely knew that I cared. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's half the battle yeah. too, right? To to put that extra energy and effort into your work. So, because your work is what's speaking for you. Yeah. And that's right. your reputation. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously he, he liked you and enjoyed your company. He could have just asked you to yeah. meet him out for a drink, but no, he wanted you on his team yeah. to come over there. So you get Dexter? Yeah. yeah. So you're so doing Michael C. Hall's hair now. Like, yeah. Well, that was the, so he was like, I got to talk to them about it, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, come to the studio. He then he he literally introduced me to Michael as the new hairdresser. I was like, oh, oh. so I guess. OK. <laughs> well, no turn it back now. Yeah. Huh? Yep, so I guess right. that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was there, you know, till the end. So, so you, so then you had to move, you moved to LA. Well, no, I still kept my apartment in New York. Okay. And I would stay here whenever shows, whatever with my girlfriend. And when we had hiatus, I'd go home and be with my family or like go back and forth. But I didn't let my apartment go until after season four. Were you, was there like a, uh, were you afraid maybe that things weren't going to work out here and that was kind of like a safety net or was it, uh, was it something, what was it, something else? I, I don't think I ever thought I would just move here. Yeah. Oh. Honestly. Okay. Because also like, yeah, it, it was kind of like, I don't know, my girlfriend then was like from London, but was in New York too sometimes and her place was here and my place was there. And like, why not have yeah. two apartments that we can yeah. both go to? I would sublet it every time I went to work mm-hmm. and live with her. And, you know, but then it got crazy with like subletters and like. Um, it just no longer made sense or. Well, it got crazy in terms of like having some people in there who like I'd be in the middle of a season and it's like no one's paying rent. Uh, It's more hassle than it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So by the end of season four, I like went and moved out of it and was like, this is obvious. It's everything's pushing me in this direction. Yeah. 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 It's nice though. I I think that there is something just from, from changes in my life that it is nice to be able to have that kind of general gradual, like, you know, yellow light, green light go kind of thing when it comes Mm -hmm. to, so you can kind of have you know one foot here and the other foot there. Um, and, and at that point, just you're, you're doing Dexter. Were you doing any other shows? When did you start doing multiple shows? After se- season four of Dexter, I got a call. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I got a call, a referral, a sweet, wonderful hairdresser friend uh, referred me to her friend who was going to start department heading Grey's Anatomy. And it was season six and it was a real good time. And she was like, you know, would you come be my key on Grey's? And they were changing stuff in the middle of their season. So it was like the end of Dexter for me and like a few episodes in for her on Grey's. So I was like, uh, yeah. And then I went to do that, but I was like, I've never keyed. I don't really know what I'm doing, which, you know, was okay. So you've got this magical telephone that we've come to find out about. <laughs> don't ever change your number, Michelle. It was, we, we, yeah. it was yeah, Blackberry never. at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. You were getting pinged. Some really good pings coming on back then. Um, yeah. When was your first work with, with Ryan Murphy? Oh, okay. So. Did I skip something here? Did we? No, no, no. So we go uh, season three of Dexter, season four of Dexter, Grey's Anatomy, season five of Dexter. And I feel like 
that was when, I feel like that's when Horror Story started. Hmm. Two hair friends were working over there. Monty Hot, who was the department head for the, the pilot and seasons one through five, my friend told Monty, like, oh, my friend Michelle is just getting off of Dexter. Like, we should have her come here for sure. And he had me come in one day to day play. I feel like it was like, I don't know, maybe it was even a Saturday. I want to say it was Saturday, <laughs> our first day at work. And we hit it off. And mm. so, you know, from there, he just like, he had me in a lot. So I basically became the third on season one. Yeah, And that's where... All the Ryans started, thanks to Monty. And so I went there, you know, for my first day on American Horror Story. And um, when I got to the house set, I was just like, where do I go? I think I was the only hairdresser there so far. And they were like, just go anywhere. And I was like terrified just in the house in general. Like I was just like, no, it's fine. I'll just sit out here. Like I was really (laughs) uncomfortable and, you know, it was a scary show. But um, not the point. The point is uh, they assigned me to stay with Zach, um, Zachary Quinto, who at on that particular day was um, in the rubber man suit. And we had to help them with the rubber man suit with the hood because they could easily get their hair stuck in it. So it was like a whole process between costumes and hair. But again, it's day one. And at some point, I don't know what happened. I feel like he must have, not to blame Zach, I feel like he had to sneak away and just put it on himself and run back in. And they're like, action. <laughs> like, I swear <laughs> that's what happened. I think, because I think everyone at some point was like, I can do this. It's okay. You don't really have to, you uh, know. Yeah. And in the middle of the scene, he goes to take it off and completely zipped his hair in it. And he had long hair. Uh, like the top was yeah. a good, I mean, four or five, six inches or Ooh, something. Right in the seam. And he's got thick hair. And uh, yeah, right in the middle of it. And everyone freaked, stopped. It's like cut, blah, blah, blah. And the director came in and was like, okay, like standing over Zach's head. And he's like, okay, so uh, someone get me scissors and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You gotta like (laughs) step back. Everyone step back, please. Like, don't you, I was seriously, I think whoa, whoa, whoa was how I entered the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, nobody knows me and I don't know anyone there, but I knew I had to save this guy's head of hair. Of course. And I just like literally told the director, like get out of here and like stood behind Zach and I was like, okay. And costumes was like, you know, they were using KY jelly to get the rubber man suit on. It's like a whole thing that you have to, anyway, he's like, can I get you like the lube and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes. Like, Anyway, I got him out of it and saved his hair. But like that was the beginning of the relationship. Um, and Aaron, my friend Aaron Krugerman Cash, who's all makeup all the time for Ryan and a producer now for Ryan, that's when she called. She literally went and called Monty and we still talk about it. She's just like, Yep, this one's a good one. You want to keep her around. She uh, just saved, like she just saved Zach's hair. You should have seen it. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But I just, anyway, that's how it started. So what I'm hearing over and over again is I feel like there's definitely been people that have helped open doors for you. Yeah. You have been the one to walk through and not only walk through the door, but when you get there, over deliver and put more, like put more energy and effort than anybody else. And then of course you, your personality getting along with everyone. So do you think, I mean, as much as everyone else who is who have been these like wonderful people in your life that have like given you these opportunities or, you know, taken a chance or however you want to call it, but how much of it then, what part of it then comes back on you? Like, have you ever like, do you ever look and say, if I didn't, re- if I wasn't the one who put the, the KY jelly on Zach's head to get, you know, him out, do you think that maybe you would still be... That would I still be around? Uh (laughs) I mean, we all really bonded no matter what. I think that was almost just like a big icebreaker in a way. And it was like showing them that I'm not just 
down to be there for the day. Like I cared as much as they did. Yep. And I think in what we do, it's sometimes really difficult to find people who care about your show as much as you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very motivated by <laughs> like shows and and scripts and cool characters and like the people I work with. So it basically turns into, I would lay down in traffic now, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of it too, is just like, that was a, a display of like, like, oh yeah. shit, this isn't yeah. even your show. Yeah. We don't even know you yet. Right. But you claimed your and seat. And you literally you, care as much as yeah. like any of us would. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. I think, and that's you, what, I'm you, like, I'm going to ask Aaron. I think Aaron would agree. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the beginning. You of. took a seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. You just made it your own. Right. Yeah. And it, Which, it's, it's it, interesting because like with a show, you know, you, there's a lot going on, a lot of wonderful, talented people. You're there for that, for that, you know, that role and that's on you. So like you put me in charge. So I took yeah. it like beyond seriously. And yeah. I think that's where, yeah. that's what they saw. Yeah. And, but we did all hit it off yeah. regardless, but. So then with, with Horror Story, you, you were recognized even more so, not just by your, your colleagues, but also your peers in the industry. Your first nomination was, was that? Yeah, that was season one of American Horror Story. And right. I'm just really blessed and lucky that Monty included me in American Horror Story for four seasons, because we won Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> four seasons, uh, one, three, and four. Wow. You you said earlier that when you were working on the first movie that you ever did, it was a very different process than how you're working now today, mm-hmm. like with Ryan and you know the your family. Can you tell us like a little bit how that's like different, like your creative process? Well, because Ryan creates complete worlds and very stylized characters. So, you know, I feel like on Dexter, it was more like Michael thinks this, you know, the producers think this, like it just make him look good. You know what I mean? Like as long as his hair's not back, like when he was David on six feet under, right? like that's what, that's your direction. But Ryan creates characters where you're just like, I don't, is this a human? Like, I don't even know (laughs) what this is. And like, how am I going to figure this out? And then like, he gives you notes, you read the script. Both are very inspiring. Then I go find kind of inspiration, like according to that information that I've got. And um, and we break it down from there, but it's always pushing you and you're always growing from Can you it. talk a little bit more about that process when you need to, like, what does that look like, especially um, with like something new? Like a new season of well, horror story, it, it changes every season, generally speaking. Yeah, so, I mean, so I mean, how, when you're when you're in research mode, what what do you what, what works for you? How- the time period, the actor I'm working with, what we've done on them before, because I don't want to. I like to try to not repeat colors, to start colors usually the first thing that I'm like, like especially with Sarah. By the time we got to like season to apocalypse, I was just like. I want red. Mm. Like, so, but I'll, so I'll present that, you know, and, and Ryan will be like, yes, red or blah, blah, blah. Like, let's go with it. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's very, I go down the Pinterest rabbit hole a lot. Yeah. But also in terms of time periods, like Hollywood was something where I could pull from like old family photos and huh. go down the rabbit hole. And I also wind up looking up, you know, depending on the character, actors that I love musicians that I love. And I, I kind of store all of these pictures in my phone. Yeah. And just like, I think I'm always hunting for yeah. for inspiration and I just save whatever I think is amazing. And sometimes I save it for a long time and then figure out where to put it. Then now with, with, with Hollywood, which his was a great uh, gift during the pandemic for us all here. <laughs> so thank you, much appreciated. And also, Honestly, like we didn't have really have like a pride this this year. Like we, we we've had since I've been going to pride since probably the late nineties. There was uh, so I think I just personally just want to say thank you because that was like we got to thank Ryan for this. Yeah, one. Well, they, yeah, thank, 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 <laughs> all, thank you, Ryan, the thank, whole team, thank the whole yeah. team. Um, yeah. 
you know, I think when I remember first seeing that what was possibly going to be Hollywood and seeing the the rumor mill about it and trying to think about like, oh, whose story they're going to choose? What's it going to be about? And um, who's going to play who? Just like from the opening with the service station from the very beginning, like the opening scene, just also that time period alone too. Like, what was that like for, for, for you being on set? Again, walking into another beautiful world, but they really went over the top and killed it um, for these sets. It, it's a, a huge moment of pride. Like I can cannot believe we did this. Like we're doing this. Like this is our life. Like we're so ridiculously lucky. It was exciting to see the sets and see everything put together. You know, I think everyone on the team is like uh, a perfectionist and as much as it's a collaboration, sometimes we all just really go into our own little worlds and then like, so you know what you're doing, you're concentrating on what you're doing. And then when you see everything put together, it's just the most exciting, gratifying yeah. moment. And, and speaking of gratification, um, you, you're, I just want to congratulate you on your Emmy nomination for Thank Hollywood. You. That Thank you. is well-deserved. Well <laughs> and you. I could not be happier to see that nomination for you. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Let's just, so what's that like now? Cause like normally you'd be with your, with, with your friends, with your, with your character. So this is, you get the news and there's texting, there's phone calls. What's that like? Yeah, there's, there's texting and phone calls and it's really bittersweet because we can't celebrate together. I mean, when this all, I think during the beginning of the shutdown, like we were supposed to have a big Hollywood premiere, you mm -hmm. know, and that was um hard to swallow that we weren't going to have because I mean I know it would have been the most outrageous gorgeous premiere um and we could celebrate what we did but um it's all been a little bit bittersweet really and you know the Hollywood the nominations came out one day and it was super exciting and it really felt so it was bittersweet but it was super exciting and it gave me a little taste of what our life used to be like you know that felt like some kind of normalcy in there in that day and then the next day all the ratchet promos started ah. and i was like i can't take this <laughs> this quarantine has to stop we all have to celebrate now like it's just very exciting stuff it takes us out you know out of everything so so you're working um on a lot of these like really great projects you're working on hollywood you're working on ratchet and especially with Hollywood, because we haven't seen Ratchet yet, because it's not out. <laughs> but with Hollywood, there's there were a lot of, I would say, like social issues, I guess, tackled in a time period where there just none of those things were talked about. Well, how did, what was the experience like when you got that script and started reading it and realizing what you were about to, what this journey you were about to embark on with Hollywood? What was that like? I wanted to squeeze Ryan first of all, <laughs> <laughs> like squeeze him to death because I mean, it made me, it was, it like made me cry. Yeah. You know, it was like he rewrote history for us. Yeah. And, and every, you know, everyone. Yeah. I mean, not just for us, but he wrote, rewrote, it tackles, yeah, I mean, it tackles a he lot of things. He righted all the wrongs. Yeah. And it's so crazy to see it and inspiring to see it. But, like, it's crazy when you see that period and a Black actress winning the Oscar and a gay couple and, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird. It's not weird. It's amazing to see it in that time period. Right. Right, because it never... was so opposite of anything that could have ever happened. Right. Well, I mean, even when you we t like watch, you know, film from that period, it's exciting. It's like, oh my god, he changed history for us. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Totally. <laughs> well, and totally. I think it's on that for the fourth episode where you're like, oh, when it when it, when history really starts to, and and it's, I had this moment where I wanted to be like, almost to fight it. And then I was like, I swallowed it and I was like, this a lot was... of people did fight it. But I mean, but... I, not to whatever, but I was one of them. I first, I was like, wait, I don't understand this. I'm but... the person that's just like, like, oh, you want to feed me exactly what I would love to, yeah. to hear and to what, you know, whatever. I'm like, let me just yeah. <laughs> devour this. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah. Well, and, but you know what though? So it's like, after I 
ate it, right? And yeah. then I digested it. Yeah. I was like, why not? This is like, why not let yeah. that be what it was? So yeah. I, I mean, it really, I kind of had a full circle moment with it. Yeah. It took me a minute to what, sort of adjust. It's not that complicated. Yeah. You know, it really isn't that. And that was what it was when I when I swallowed in episode four and I was like, oh, I was, you know, I didn't push, I went to push back for a second. And then I just kind of like got back on the ride. And I was like, wow, it's just, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, Eric, I mean, I know it's not simple, but it just, but it, but it, it could be, is. it could be, it really could be because yeah. all it is, is I think it's just to recognize that whoever that person is, that is not like you, maybe they're, that's fine that they're not like you, but that doesn't make them any less of a person. Right. And if you sit down and have a conversation right. with them and you realize that we all want right. the same things, right. you know, mm-hmm. we want to be happy. We, you, and not to take away from anyone's struggle or, no. or anything, but but as far as with, with, with all of us, we're just all, you know, here on this planet, we're all human beings and we make this so much more complicated than it, than it mm-hmm. has to be. So your next project that's coming out, which we're very excited to see is Ratchet. So I know at this point, we can't talk too much about it. <laughs> But, but by the time this yeah. plays, people will know everything. They will. They'll know. <laughs> They'll know all the secrets. In anticipating it and what with what you can tell us, what are you what are you looking forward to for us to be able to to see? I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Like it's another feast for your eyes in a completely different way. Like yeah. it's the same time period as Hollywood. But Hollywood is like the polished, glamorous, gorgeous version of 1947. And Ratchet is the complete opposite. Sure. But it also, it's it's dark and beautiful. And Hollywood is bright and beautiful. Yeah. And I'm not talking about colors. I'm talking about tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was so interesting because working on on both to see how different he could make the same time period, how different Ryan could make the same time period was like really inspiring and crazy and cool. And and, I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. And I I always love a messed up story. (laughs) (laughs) I will never look at a peach the same way after seeing the trailer. That was awesome. What are you, what are you, I mean, you should just be looking forward to every single thing Sarah does and says and how she says it. Uh. And, you know, what you could see in her eyes. And like, you saw it with the peach scene, yeah. like that, that's the treat. I mean, but also, God, everyone was so ridiculously good. John John and Judy Davis, my God, she was incredible. The performances are outstanding. The cinematography is beautiful. The costumes, the hair, I mean, it's just- It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Like yeah. when the trailer came out, and I'm not even talking, like nothing to do with my work. I'm just so proud to be a part of this yeah. show. But um, when the trailer came out, I freaked out and literally felt like chills in my head. And I was so excited because it was so beautiful. And that night I turned off all my lights and put it on the TV because I watched (laughs) it on my phone to begin with, put it on the TV and put the volume up to 100. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) what did we do? (laughs) It's so exciting. Yeah, I was talking to... um, Chris Clark, who was the hair department head, and the two of us were just like, what is happening right now? Like, I don't know the last time. I mean, I was excited for Hollywood. I'm always excited for everything, but this just seems really over the top and Uh, gorgeous and a little different. So, Michelle, thank you so much for being here. This is, you have been such a joy in both mine and Anthony's life. Thank you. you I feel exactly the same. Oh, thank you so much. And and I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And there's so many reasons why we wanted to have you here with us. What would you say to to, the, to a younger person right now? We, those moments where you've where you've said yes, where where did you muster like to, to the courage? Where, what's your source for that? Always go with your gut and pay attention to that little voice, you know. Yeah. But yeah, don't. Even if you're scared, you got to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's the only way to grow. Yeah. There's so many things now that it's like, you know, when I got to Dexter, I was overwhelmed. When I got to Grey's Anatomy, I was overwhelmed. When I started Horror Story, I was overwhelmed. Um, You know, even up to this present day, like Ratchet and, you know, all of it, it, it's, 
I've grown through those moments. And now I look back, I'm like, oh, like when I hit the next thing, it's like, I wish I could just be back on, you know, Dexter was so simple back in the day and blah, blah, blah. Even from like, even from Ratchet to to Horror Story to Hollywood, like that transition, it's like when I started Hollywood, it's like, oh, why can't I just be back on Ratchet? When I was on Ratchet, (laughs) when I was on Ratchet, I was like, I wish Sarah and I were just in Canada doing that movie again. And then, you know, or like, I wish I could be back to the beginning of Apocalypse when I was like freaking out all the time. I mean, what's my point here? My point is do what scares you, go with your gut and just breathe because we're not saving Mm. lives. (laughs) We're trying to enhance them in some way and like give some beautiful, you know, people some beautiful, beautiful shows and uh, another world to jump into for a minute to escape, Mm. which is very important. We all need that. But Mm -hmm. there's a hair, another hairdresser I know in the union who's always like, we're not, she said, we're not curing cancer. We're causing it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? You, you, you're giving Which that. Which is funny and not. But you know what, you're, you're, you're giving that much needed reprieve and inspiration to a lot of young people. And let's be honest, I'm not exactly young anymore. <laughs> and, and myself as well, too. So thank you so much for all you do. Thank you. We just love hearing Michelle's story. It's inspiring and a reminder that if you have a dream, the only way that it'll come to life is if you act on it. We want to congratulate Michelle on her Emmy win for Outstanding Period and or Character Hairstyling for Hollywood. And of course, to the cast and crew of Ratchet for being in the top 10 on Netflix for four weeks after its debut. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk Out Loud. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate us, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media at Talk Out Loud Live. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story and a member of the LGBTQIA community, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. You can also get your official Talk Out Loud gear in our online store. Thanks again for listening, and remember to be true, be you and to talk out loud.